You are listening to DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. I'm Edward Looney, and I'm excited to be back with you with another interview. It's been a while. I apologize for that. Life got busy in November and December. January, I had a little cardiac event, and so now I'm on the mend and back, and I want to let you know it is my goal in 2023 to release 12 episodes at least of DNA discoveries. But to do so, I'm going to need your help because right now I only have four interviews planned for January, February, March, and April. And so I need your help to fill in the rest of the year. And if there's an overflood of inquiries and people sharing their stories, well, then the good news is, is we can release more episodes throughout the year. So I'm counting on you to help make DNA discovery successful. I'm very excited to be sharing the story I'm sharing today. In fact, it was an email that I received from an individual. They reached out, they wrote a paragraph telling me their story, said they'd love to share their story. I wrote back and said, let's do it. And the surprise was when I wrote back, they said, hey, my biological dad's in town. Let's have him on too. And so today on our episode of DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family, you're going to hear from Bethany and her father, Amiko, and you're going to hear the story of Bethany's adoption and her search for her biological father and how Amiko received that news and how they've formed that relationship as father and daughter. It was such a heartwarming story as I heard it and listened to it, and I know it's going to inspire you too. So now, let's turn to today's interview. Today on DNA Discoveries, I'm very excited to be speaking with a daughter and a biological father. So the daughter found the biological father, and so today Bethany and Amiko are joining me to share their story. And so this is another one of those combo interviews. I've only done one like them before, and it's going to be very exciting to hear them share their story and how this relationship as daughter and father is going uh, since this discovery through autosomal DNA test kits. So thanks so much, Bethany and Amiko, for joining me today. You're welcome. Yeah, we're Thank happy you. to be here. And Bethany, you are an example of someone who has reached out. So you sent me an email, or I think you might have sent it through the contact form at dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm, so through the show page. And it got sent to me, and then I replied to you and said, I would love to help you to share your story on this platform and because it's going to help other people. And that's kind of something you already said in the pre-show conversation that we had. So thanks so much for your willingness to be vulnerable uh, to share this story. And one of the things you shared with me in your little narrative was that you were adopted. And I always think it's an interesting question when I talk to adoptees to know when they found out that they were adopted themselves. So sometimes for people, it's something they knew right away. For others, it's something that was maybe told to them when they were in high school. It took a long time for the family to share that. So what was your story about adoption? Well, I remember it being a sit down at the kitchen table and I was probably about five or six. I have an older sister, two years older than me. And we were sat down together my mom was crying and she was explaining it. And I just remember saying, oh, are we like the Brady Bunch then? Because I was thinking it was more of a step family. I didn't really understand. 
Okay. And do you know if for them, so some people choose adoption because they're unable to have children of their own that for some medical reason, uh, it's just not really possible. So they turn to adoption. Do you know why they chose to adopt? All I know is it was a medical reason. They tried for a few years and then they adopted my sister. And then um, I came a couple years later. So I don't really know the details. We didn't really talk about those things. They kind of felt awkward in our family. Sure. And so for them, uh, do they know or are they aware of the fact that you did a search to find your biological family? Uh, they do not. They, uh, I lost both of my parents a couple years ago. And so I, I do think the timing is right for us to meet now. Um, I think uh, it just would have been kind of complicated. I think their feelings would have been hurt. So um, I really tried to not let them know that I was searching all of these years because I've been searching for a long time. I just didn't want to hurt their feelings. And I, I just don't think they would have been okay with it. And what but was unfortunately, I lost my father in 2018 and then my mother had dementia. So it was five years of ambiguous loss. <laughs> um, it was really, really tough. And then um, she died two years ago. In fact, my biological father was visiting me when she died. So he was there for me through all of that. And in your adopted family, do you have siblings or are you an only child? I have a, an older sister who's uh, two years older than me. Was she adopted? She was. She okay. was. And it's funny because she's blonde, blue-eyed. I have the Italian features. So we looked nothing alike growing up. They always dressed us in the same clothes when we were little, so we would look more alike. And what was the motivating factor then for you to want to find your biological family? Uh, well, I think it was, I almost wanted to find my biological father more. And I think part of it was just the... I felt like I looked more like him. I didn't find out I was Italian until I was in sixth grade. So um, I knew that in order to find him, I would have to reach out to her because I figured, you know, this is before all of the websites and everything. And so I've always wanted, I always wanted to meet you first. That, that was really what I wanted. Sure. And, so you have a sister that you mentioned that was adopted. Has she done anything to search out her own family as well? No, she always said she didn't care that our mom and dad was our mom and dad. And I felt that way too, but I cared. So I felt like I was not being loyal because I cared about that. But, um, you know, she, I think she maybe felt like she belonged a little more. And um, I mean, we had a great childhood, so everything was great. I just, I remember in sixth grade, so let me back up. When, when I was growing up, I had a lot of Italian features, and I grew up in a small town where there were no Italians. And so everyone was, you know, looked a certain way, and I was just different. And um, in sixth grade, I had to go to school, and we had to do a family tree 
or um, you know the nationality on the bulletin board and we had to share all of our nationalities and my sister came in my room the night before and I said I have to skip school tomorrow I have to act like I'm sick and she said why and I said because we have to give our nationalities and I don't know mine and I don't want to ask mom and dad and she goes oh well you're Italian you didn't know that it, it was in mom's closet in a pile of papers which obviously was the non-identifying information but no one told me that which i think was that would have been helpful to know at the very beginning <laughs> um it would have helped me with my self-esteem a little bit yeah i think a lot of people kind of have that experience maybe as adoptees that they, their family history is really unknown to them because the parents that raise you, that's not who you are by blood. And so there's always those questions. And I've always had that too. I'm the son of an adoptive mother. So my mother was adopted uh, by my grandparents. And, and there was always that sense of that, well, these are my grandparents. This is my mom. Yes. But um, I know that there's another set of grandparents out there. And there were always these questions too. And I, I've just had a few little health episodes recently. And so it was also important uh, back in the day, uh, my mother was a severe diabetic. She had heart disease and all that. And so it was important for her to find out medically uh, the kind of the background of her own uh, birth parents, you know, what age did they die? What did they die of? And, you know, come to find out it was all of those things, right? They had all of that. So, so I'm thinking probably, you know, even if it wasn't a motivation for you, sometimes having those answers uh, is very helpful uh, because doctors will ask you and you're like, well, I just only know about my, my own mother or, you know, or I, that's what I would say. But for you, you would say, well, I don't even know because I was adopted. So, um, yeah, uh, that's always uh, one of the motivating factors for a search. And uh, so you that, turned that's a big one. You turned then to the DNA test kits. Is that right? Um, well, I did in order to find him, but I, I do have a story about hiring a detective to find my biological mom. And that was because of the medical history. So when I had my son, I thought, you know what, I owe it to him. And this was before we had ancestry. And so I hired a detective and she found my bi biological mother. Oh my word, really? So I'm curious how she found that. So was it not a closed adoption? It was an open adoption or uh, how did she come by that information? It was a closed adoption, but apparently if you go to, um, in Ohio, it would be Columbus. If you go to the, uh, I don't even know what department, but it's every single birth has been recorded and you just have to go through all the microfilm uh, of every baby born in a certain uh, year and then you narrow it down to month and all of that. And then, um, and then if you go ask for the birth certificate, it'll say uh, it's unavailable or it's, um, you know, a, like, I don't even know what word they use, but you kind of know, okay, that means <laughs> it's, you know, someone that was adopted. So you hired this detective, the detective finds your biological mother. What do you do and with that information? Yeah. Um, so she called her and 
my biological mother said, oh, no, I never gave anybody up. And she just denied it. And then the detective called me and she said, you know what, you're probably better off. Um, and that was it. So I always knew who she was. We come from a small town. She lived in the small town. And I always thought that was kind of weird that I grew up in the same town as her, um, you know, just she had other kids. And um, so I, I knew who she was probably when my son was born. So I was, you know, early 30s. Were you friends with her kids? No, it just happens to be I wasn't, but um, I went to the same high school. <laughs> uh, so uh, your father is with you, and we're going to talk about how you found him. But does Amiko remember your biological mother? And he can actually confirm then, even though she really wouldn't confirm it with the detective or anything. But he could because he would have that knowledge or recollection, hopefully, of her. So do you remember her mom, uh, Amiko? Uh, yes, yes, sir. I remember her uh, faintly, but uh, it was like uh, one time that I was uh, with her. Sure, sure. 1970, <laughs> the hippie. In the hippie era with the love beads and the sandals, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just actually uh, watched a movie. Uh, it's coming out in theaters uh, in February, and it's a, a movie that talks about hippies. It's from Lionsgate. I, I, I pre-screened it to uh, write a review. So, so yeah, I, I'm so totally immersed in the hippie culture right now from watching that movie and writing my review, so I totally understand what you're saying. Now, uh, Bethany, you found Amico because then you did a DNA test kit. So you did a detective for your mother. And then, of course, science mm -hmm. evolves, technology evolves. It's now at our fingertips. You can go to Target and buy one of these autosomal DNA test kits, whether it's uh, Ancestry.com or 23andMe or any of the other varieties. So, uh, what, tell me a little bit about that quest of, you know, spitting in the tube, sending it off, and then finding out the answers. Well, I decided to do both, Ancestry and 23andMe, and I was just a nervous wreck waiting for everything. And, I, you know, every day I would check both, both websites, and it was kind of a long process. But ironically, my biological mother was on there and it came up as mother and it was the same person I thought, uh, you know, 10 years prior or more. She would have got notified. Um, did she ever reach out to you or no? She did. She sent me an email and said, well, now you find your biological mom. How about that? Question mark or something. And... Did you tell her, well, it, the detective found you 10 years ago? You know, I didn't. I should have. I should have. It was kind of an uncomfortable exchange, but I felt like I just needed her to get to my biological father. And that was my quest. And um, she wasn't that helpful. And so we just really never talked. But I have to say the thing that was so devastating to me was... I asked her a couple questions about meeting him. She uh, described him and then she thought she had his name. And so it kind of, uh, I kind of went off path a little bit trying to find him, but uh, because I had the wrong name, but she said, 
Oh, let me go back and see if his name is in your file. I'll call the agency for you. And then she goes, now remind me, when was your birthday? And I, I just want to cry just thinking about it. Yeah. She said, I mean, you grow up thinking, okay, if even if my biological mom is not thinking about me any other day of the year, she's thinking about me on my birthday. You right? would think, right. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was hard. That was really hard. And I think that might have been the last time. I, I And I never, ever spoke to her on the phone. This was all through email. And then I thought, you know what? I, this is not going anywhere. And that was it. So then uh, through the test kit and the results that you got from the both that you took, the two of them, you uh, then were able to connect with some relatives on your father's side. And then you begin with their help to piece it together and identify Amiko as your dad. So uh, what was that process like? It took a couple years. Uh, I had a lot of third and fourth cousins. I was able to narrow it down because he, he lives in a small town where everyone's kind of related. It's, you know, high population of Italians. And um, so what kept coming up was a, maybe three surnames that that came up a lot in my dna so one day i googled all three together uh in the state and and uh some obituaries started to come up so i knew pretty early who my great grandparents were because it, it was just it's you know easier to go up and then work down from that with the third and fourth cousins so uh, that's what I did, and it just took a f- couple years, and I was led off the wrong path a few times. But once I narrowed it down to your family, then there were kind of two parallel stories, which are very interesting, uh, that occurred. Um, the first one was I reached out to a relative who was, I think she was a third cousin. Her name's Amy. And I said, you live in, in this town, and we're third cousins, but do you know anything about this name? I was kind of, I was on the wrong path because my biological mom gave me a different name. I don't know if it was the name you gave her or... It was Rossi name, right? Right, yeah. right. And so it happened to be a relative of his, your first my cousin. cousin. Mm-hmm. But I just, um, I just kept going back to this first cousin of his it didn't occur to me that you know it was uh he his mom has 10 10 siblings so it's a big family um and so anyway she was trying to help me trying to help me and then um a cousin a first cousin came up and i called her and i said his name and she goes oh my gosh amiko is your biological father he lives right next door to me Oh wow! And so then you knew, and uh, you were, you you were able then, I suppose, to reach out to him. Or how long did it take you to make that first initial contact? About a year. We were trying to strategize on how to approach it, and I was so protective of you before I even met you. Oh well, thank you. I had real. I just didn't. I didn't want to. I I don't. I didn't want to create issues with his family. Um, I don't know. I just felt uncomfortable about it. I didn't know how to approach it. So I did write him a letter, which I pulled up today. We're 
we were looking at it, but I wrote him a letter and Amy was going to give it to him. And then she said, well, maybe I'll just talk to him in person the next time I see him out gardening. And it just took a long time to, for that all to happen. When you started so, with the DNA test kit, did you know that it would take years for you to get the answer? Or did you think it would be a, a rapid answer type thing? Well, I mean, I guess it just, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I'm pretty good at researching, uh, but it, it did. I, I mean, every single day you're looking for someone new. If you don't have anyone new, then it kind of felt like a wasted day. It just, you know, you didn't move forward in the search. And then you found out from your cousin that Amiko was your dad. It took a year. You were trying to figure out the best way to make that first initial contact. So did you forge a relationship with those cousins in the meantime? No, no, just no, because I didn't want to, I didn't know what the situation was and I didn't want, I didn't want to out him. You know, I wasn't sure, you know, what I was a product of. <laughs> so I didn't want to just, you know, go in full steam ahead and blowing everything up. I just wanted to, think it through. Um, but once I knew who he was and she would send me pictures of him and it, it was kind of nice. I kept saying, you know what? I at least checked it off my list. At least I know who he is now because I felt good all of the time and effort I put into the research that I was able to say, okay, oh, I'm right. <laughs> I got it. And Amiko then when you find out, so this cousin, uh, of hers reaches out to you, shares a letter, whatever, however that initial contact took place. What were your initial reactions or thoughts about that? Well, I wasn't sure. Uh, it was kind of shocking at first. And she kept asking me about my cousin Rossi, Carl Rossi. That's my first cousin in California. I said, yeah, I have one. He's in California. And and I, I went through the timeline of, uh, you know, how he lived uh, near me and Ashtabilla. We were, grew up together. And uh, then uh, she kind of backed off a, a little bit. Uh, then she did show me Bethany's picture. I said, oh, my God, she's a beautiful girl. Who is she? And she tried to explain and hint towards it without telling me actually uh, directly about her. And she kind of circumvented the whole story. And then after that... Uh, Bethany had seen, uh, well, did you uh, get a hold of my aunt? Or she so then on the other, on 23andMe, one day, of, you know, when you log in, uh, I had an aunt that came up and she's actually a great aunt, but she is, um, I, we just share a lot of DNA and I waited for a, about a week for her. I thought, okay, maybe she'll contact me and say, what, who are you? But she didn't. And so I reached out to her and just said, I think one of your nephew, you're probably wondering how we're so closely related. I was adopted as an infant. I think um, one of your nephews might be my biological father. I don't want to. Um, and I, oh, I said, this could either be a gift for him or it could disrupt his life. So I am just going to play it out and see if it was meant to be or something like that. And she called me the next day. We talked for an hour. Her daughter was in on the conversation and it was, 
her daughter said, you know what? You sound like you're in our family already. That was such an easy conversation to have. And, and then my aunt said, I'm going to go to his house tomorrow and talk to him. And so for Amiko, I'm wondering then, uh, the state of your own family life. So you probably formed your own family. I'm thinking maybe you were married, had other kids. So you find this out. Eventually you have to tell them, I guess. So uh, did it disrupt your family life or were they okay and under not understanding, but they were able to cope with it? Uh, In the beginning, when I found out through uh, my heritage, on the computer showed up uh, one day, it says, you have a daughter, Bethany Vondra. Then I, I got kind of, uh, I mean, I was happy and I was kind of frustrated at the same time. How do I tell my wife and the other uh, kids and stuff? So I just took a little deep breath. I got up and I said, well, I'm going to go out and get gas. Well, what I did was she kind of thought it was kind of strange for me to just pick up and go out to, to a gas station. So when I come back, I had called my brother in the meantime. He says, hey. You better get a, a grip on this and you better tell them right away before, you know, somebody else does, you know, finds out and so forth. And then I'd be embarrassed or whatever. So when I got back home, then uh, my wife Lois, she said, well, Miko, do you have anything to tell me? I said, oh, you went to the computer. I said, okay. Then we sat down and kind of talked about it. And in the beginning, everything was fine. They were all receptive about it. And, uh, and then after a while, it got, got kind of funny that, uh, they got a little bit jealous, uh, Edward, uh, about me spending time with this family, and they think I kind of don't want to spend time with the other family. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Sure. Yeah. But that's not true. That's just how they're thinking and feeling. There's a little bit of jealousy involved. Because I've done, for like so many years, I've done everything for my uh, wife and kids and so forth, the grandkids, and now I kind of backed off. And I just told them in, in the beginning, I said, look, I love all you guys, but I have to spend a little special and quality time with Bethany and her family now because I missed out all those years, like 48 years. So, and I only have so many years to live. Hopefully, I'll live long enough to, you know, be it something good. So, Bethany, you haven't become friends with uh, his other children then, have you? Well, we we had, you know, the big reunion <laughs> um, and everything went great. Um, well, I, I mean, his his son, from the minute he called his son, his son didn't want anything to do with it. So, um, you know, that part didn't go well. Yeah, but... he was upset with me, Edward. Okay. Yeah, when, uh, when I first told him, I was so proud and happy. I called him right away and... Uh, and then it was like he was kind of upset with me, like, well, Dad, uh, what else are you going to do in your lifetime? You know what I'm trying to say? So, and it kind of hurt me. You know, he should have never uh, talked to me that way, but that's just what happened. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it, it, it's a dicey situation, but it didn't end your marriage or anything like that, and you're still in contact with your kids today, right? 
Yes. Okay. So that's so that's good news because uh, because you know as Bethany alluded to earlier, it could you know disrupt, ruin someone's life to find this out, and sometimes that's why someone becomes dismissive or they they don't want to get involved. But you, on the other hand, said no. I, I want to get to know her. I want to spend some time. We've lost out on all this time, and so here we are. And uh, so it's commendable for you uh, because. Uh, because you you rose to the occasion. So uh, now, Bethany, I'm assuming maybe you're married, have kids. Uh, what do they think of your search and your discovery? Uh, they were so supportive. My kids are teenagers, and they were. I mean, they went through a hard time losing both grandparents. I mean, my parents had just. Well, my father passed away the year before and then my mother had dementia. So it was really hard on them. So they were happy to meet everybody and it's a huge extended family. And so they, it was just really neat for them to see because they've never been around that. Um, and my husband was very supportive. He's known since the day I met him, how important this was to me. And so he supported it all along the way. And now he feels like now he has a, great father-in-law that comes and visits all the time and offers advice. And um, on my end, it's, it's really, it's great. And it's so funny because when I first met you, you said, what would you do if I, you know, just said, no, forget it. I don't want anything to do with you. And I said, I knew you wouldn't because <laughs> you were, I just knew you would be a great person. You would have a big heart. I just knew it. And it's true. He's um, very sweet. In the paragraph you wrote me, you said, now we are inseparable. And I think that kind of is testified by the fact that we're doing this interview jointly, that the both of you are in the same room right now, that maybe he's visiting you for a few days or whatever. So so there is this inseparability, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, but what what does the relationship look like today uh, in terms of, you know, holidays or just ordinary life? Well, I think for the holidays, I took a step back and said, you know, you have your holidays with everybody. I don't want to interfere. Um, so that started to get a little complicated. Uh, but he comes whenever, I mean, he, he comes here a little bit more now um, instead of me going there or us going there. Uh, but you're here for Christmas. This we is were our here first for Christmas, Christmas this year. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we just spend a lot of time together because we want to have all these experiences. And well, that's it. I mean, that's we, basically we just it. laugh a lot. We tell stories. Oh, we get yeah. out pictures. Uh, he kind of catches me up on everything I missed out. And he has uh, a brother and a sister that live near him. And my grandfather is still here. He's ninety-four years old, and so I visit. And we all visit them, and and I just ask a lot of questions. I want to hear um, about all the things I missed out on, and it's just it's always happy, and I belong. I feel like I'm, you know, everyone at the dinner table is loud, and everything is loud, <laughs> and I fit right in. <laughs> I think a lot of people turn to these podcasts, whether it's mine or others, uh, and they want to hear these stories of families uniting and, you know, uh, 
uh, a daughter being united with her biological birth father, meeting her birth mother. They want to hear encouraging stories. And, and, and so in your story, this is very encouraging. Of course, your relationship that you forged with Amiko as, as father and daughter. Uh, but uh, of course, too, with your mother, that's a little sad that she really didn't want to be incorporated and, and whatnot with what you shared. But if you were to speak to someone today that maybe wants to hear an encouraging word about their search process, or maybe they're just getting ready to, to take the plunge and take the test or whatever, or reach out to a family member, what word of encouragement might you uh, give to them? Well, I think how we handled it was right. Just we take it slow. Take it slow. Um, I'd say don't give up because you never give up. So that's I didn't give up. You are so right. Yeah, you're right. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Because I've watched you and then talked with you throughout these few years, and you're not a quitter. So that's a big asset that you have. Yeah. And what's been the biggest blessing in all of it now that kind of the story is still writing itself in the years ahead, but the main chapters are written, the search is over, you found each other. Uh, what's, yeah, what's been the blessing out of it all? Well, for me, and it's uh, finding this beautiful, beautiful daughter I have. And I, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I missed 48 years of uh, everything. I mean, whether we go to Sweet 16 birthday or whether to go to uh, preschool or and so forth through high school, like I did with my other kids. I was there every step of the way, but with Bethany, I wasn't there. And for me, that it's kind of hurting me inside. And I'm kind of trying to pay it forward and pay it backwards at the same time to spend time, quality time with her and her family. Well, and he kept saying when I first met him, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I'm really sorry. And I said, I had a great life. It, this is, it's okay. I, I know you didn't know. It's, it's okay. And we're just moving forward with that. Do you wish that uh, Bethany's biological mother would have tried to find you, tell you, like, do you think things would have went differently uh, had she found you and told you that she was pregnant? Well... I did tell Bethany, yes, I wish I would have known and so forth. Uh, if she would have tried to contact me, I even told Bethany I would have loved to raise you. I mean, I would have called her Carmela after my grandmother in Italy. And her and I tease each other. I still call her Carmela. When I want to say, I say to her, hey, Carmela, come over here. <laughs> and she laughs. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was a little upset with uh, her biological mom for not contacting me, but uh, again, I don't know if I give her my real name at that time. I was just young, and who knows what I did at that time. Sure, sure. And yeah, and I guess the thing is, is we can't rewrite the past, but we can only take advantage of no. right now. And that's what the two of you are doing as uh, you continue to uh, make your relationship as daughter and father uh, the best that it can be going forward. So. Uh, this has been such an enjoyable yeah. story, a great conversation. Uh, I know it's lifted my spirits to hear the both of you share uh, your experience uh, through this DNA discovery of finding family, of finding each other. And and uh, I really do hope it inspires other people as they begin their own searches too. Yes, I, I, I think it will. It's very inspiring. I mean, we're both happy that we found each other. 
and, and like I said earlier, if I didn't, I have two other grandkids now, and it's great. I've got six total, and I'm very happy about that. They're wonderful kids that uh, I kind of, they were teenagers when I first met them, and I'm going to be around till I die to try to uh, help them in any way that I can. And I think that's very rewarding for you that you see the influence that you've had on them and yes. the three years that we've known each other. Yeah, it makes me happy. I too. think that's rewarding. Mm-hmm. I think people need to understand too, that for you, it, it's important how you feel too, because you know, a lot of people say, Oh, is your wife upset or your other kids and all of that, but you have feelings too. And yeah. you, you know, you're, you're, so right. you're, you're retired and you want to, you know, have that legacy and, and you have an influence on us every day. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Bethany, for uh, taking the the leap to write an email or fill out a contact form uh, and to reach out because I'm so grateful to have been able to share your story uh, here on DNA Discoveries. And I encourage other people, uh, if you have a story of finding family, to share it with me as well. So thanks so much, Bethany and Amico, uh, for joining me today for this conversation. Our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. If you enjoyed today's episode or know someone who could be inspired by this story, please don't hesitate to share it with them on social media, through a text message. And if you want to help DNA Discoveries reach even more people, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook at DNA Discoveries. You can send an email to dnadiscoveriespodcast at gmail.com or going to dnadiscoveries.fireside.fm and using the contact form there to reach out to me and I'll respond hoping to schedule an interview with you. Please share your story with me and we can share it with a wider audience, with this community of people who want to hear your story of finding family. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll be with you next time on February's episode of DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family.